today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Didn't Jesus say that if you'll ask anything in my name, I'm going to give it to you if it brings glory to the Father? That's the qualifier, by the way. If God's going to be glorified in it, then God's going to do it. But here's the problem. There are prerequisites, the first of which is to have the faith that He will, believing He can. And secondly, wait for it. You have to ask. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. We are all so good at being selfish. It's in our nature. But today, Pastor J.D. reminds us that when it comes to prayer, we're not always honest. What if you ask God for what you really wanted? There's nothing too big for Him. It's just about our attitude. Ask for anything. If it brings God glory in the process, He won't say no. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Faith trusts God. This would have required faith on their part and it would be that which they would be saved because of. Okay, we're going to trust the Lord. We're going to put our faith in the shed blood of this Lamb for our salvation. We'll talk more about that in a moment. This last one in verse 29. And this is a biggie too. I mean, they're all biggies, but I want to spend just a little bit of time on this one as well. Faith moves forward. This is where God's people now having been delivered out of Egypt, they're fleeing Egypt, and they're in a hurry, by the way. Oh, by the way, they also took a lot of spoil and gold and treasures. And I mean, where do you think they got the gold to make that golden calf when Moses was on the mount getting the law? Where do you think they got the idea to make that thing? That was what they did in Egypt. Ben said that, God delivered them out of Egypt, but He had to deliver the Egypt out of them. And by the way, Egypt is a type of the world. So here the writer is providing us this detail about how by faith, and here's the fear factor again, I mean, you got the Egyptians right there, and they crossed over on dry ground through the Red Sea, by faith. I know you all saw the movie, but uh, I think the book is better, actually, the account in the book. It's actually more accurate. But uh, it required faith, and they had to choose faith over their fear. Because, again, picture the scene. This is one of those accounts in God's Word where we, we maybe know it too well, and so we just you know, kind of blow it off, shine it on. But let's just, let's just take a trip back to the Red Sea. You've just been delivered out of Egypt. You're like, oh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. I've been delivered. And then you come to this uh, ocean, 
huge Red Sea. And then it's not long before you hear the chariots of the Egyptians behind you, coming after you to take you back. Well, there goes the joy. It's kind of like, you know, in the morning when you had your time with the Lord and you're just, oh, so you praise the Lord, praise the Lord. You know, you're in the Word, you're in prayer, you're singing praises to God, just a wonderful devotional. And, and then it's time to go to work. So you get in your car, you know, to turn on the worship music and praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And then somebody cuts you off. It's an Egyptian. <laughs> Gotta watch out for those Egyptians, I'm telling you. And your sanctification flees from you. What happened? You were just thanking God, praising God, and now this, and you know what they said, it, it, and don't be too hard on them because we would have done the same thing. I think we do err greatly when we fancy ourselves as, well, I would never do what they did. I mean, they murmured and complained all the time. Yes, you would have. So they get there. Now they got the Egyptians behind them. God puts a pillar of fire to keep them there. And he got the Red Sea in front of them. Okay, let's see. I, I got a choice now. I drown or I die this way. It's kind of like a lose-lose proposition, right? And they start complaining. It's only the beginning. They make this statement, and you have to understand in that culture to this day, how, I mean, this is the ultimate, ultimate, for lack of a better way of saying it. Were there not enough graves in Egypt that God had to bring us out here to kill us? Wow. Really? Let me see if I got this straight. You just watched God do that? those ten plagues, and you got saved because you had the blood of the Lamb, and you're out here. Okay, you think God went through all of that? I don't want to kill him that way. I think I'll just drown him here, or have him killed by the Egyptians here. Now, again, you'll forgive me for seeing the humor in this, but Moses is told to put his rod out, and the Red Sea parts, I wonder, you could have heard a pin drop. They're like, oh wow. <laughs> this is what I call Red Sea Clear. I think God wants us to go this way. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> I think this is the will of God. <laughs> you think? <laughs> but not so fast. Wait a minute. Um, maybe we're going to get in the middle of this thing, and then God's going to kill us there, because then He doesn't have to deal with graves, because we're all in the... Do you think they thought that? I would suggest that they did, otherwise the writer of Hebrews would not have included this by faith account in this chapter. Because he just got done telling us by faith they crossed over. In other words, they had to by faith get in there. <laughs> I wonder, again, I know you saw the movie, it was really the, the waves of... By the way, I gotta. I might as well share this. Why not? My uh, sister works at Paramount Movie Studios, where they filmed the Ten Commandments, and so uh, she took us on a tour around and and she showed us where that scene was filmed. I hate to ruin it for you, but I'm going to ruin it for you. 
it was in a parking lot up against a huge building where one of the studios were, and that's where the waves were. That's kind of like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have seen that, because, I mean, it was really good in the movie, but that's where it was filmed, in a parking lot. So next time you watch the Ten Commandments, it was a parking lot in a big building. But those waves were really tall, right? And they walked through on dry ground. Now, there are those who take Christians to task concerning the Red Sea miracle. And it was a miracle. So, you know, it was actually the Reed Sea, and it wasn't really a miracle because it was shallow, and there's sometimes high winds, and it will, you know, make the water go up. So they could have conceivably crossed over that way. So anything to dismiss God and the mighty miracles of God. So have fun with this if anybody ever does this to you. Just say, wow, I'm really impressed. That's even a greater miracle. Because what you're telling me then is that God drowned Egyptians in what, three inches of water? (laughs) Okay, here's where I'm going with this, or at least trying to go with this. They had to choose faith over fear, because fear is hot on their tail. And isn't it true that fear is always hot on our tail? Faith moves forward. Faith moves forward and trusts God. And by the way, faith also trusts God for the miracle. That's a miracle, right? Are we good? That's a miracle. When was the last time? I just want to ask this in love. And the Lord knows my heart. Again, I don't mean to be snarky, and I I speak of myself when I say this. When was the last time you trusted God for a miracle? I'm not talking about, yeah, that was was probably a miracle. No, there was no mistaking this. This was a miracle. No matter how you slice it or dice it, God did that. When was the last time you asked God to part your Red Sea? You don't believe he'll do it? Why, why wouldn't he? Do, do you think he, there weren't enough graves in your Egypt? He's bring, brought you to this point to kill you? Do you know how much he loves you? Romans 8, the Apostle Paul. I mean, it's the way he words it, I know by the Holy Spirit, but it's really perfect because he says, if God would not withhold his only begotten son, whom he gave to you because of his love for you, is there anything he would withhold from you? If it's good, God's going to give it to you. If it's good and for his glory, it's a done deal. When was the last time you trusted God for a miracle? I mean a miracle. You know what's sad? I just, I need to, just bear with me. The word faith movement has done so much damage in this regard. It's this notion of name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, just speak it, and if you have enough faith. I think it borders on blasphemy personally. But you know what the enemy has accomplished with that? 
is he has gotten us as Christians to distance ourselves as far away from that as we possibly can, and we go to the other extreme. And we throw the proverbial baby of faith out with the bathwater of that false teaching. No, faith moves mountains. And you don't need a lot of it either, by the way. You just need a mustard seed sized faith. And you can say to that mountain, whatever that mountain is, you fill in the blank. A wayward daughter, a prodigal son, a cancer diagnosis, a financial reversal and hardship, whatever it is with a microscopic size of a mustard seed, you can say to that, you uproot yourself and you get out. You cast yourself into the sea. You can say to the koalaus, you cast yourself into the sea. That's, that's all that is required. If it's for God's glory, didn't Jesus say that if you'll ask anything in my name, I'm going to give it to you if it brings glory to the Father. That's the qualifier, by the way. If God's going to be glorified in it, then God's going to do it. But here's the problem. There are prerequisites, the first of which is to have the faith that He will, believing He can. And secondly, wait for it, you have to ask. You have not because you ask not. You have to ask. I, I have a, 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 a suggestion. Why don't you ask the Lord to do something that is just, I mean, <laughs> impossible? And just believe Him and trust Him and by faith ask Him. And then wait, because after the behold the salvation of the Lord, after the Red Sea is parted, God says, stand and behold the salvation of the Lord. I'd like to, it's a very loose paraphrase, but it's, this is how I interpret it. You ask by faith for a miracle that big? Okay. Watch me now. Watch what I'm going to do. Can I say it like this? We have a big God who wants us to trust Him for big things that only He can do. Remember that story that was told about, uh, I want to say it was, um, what was that guy that conquered and ran out of, uh, was it, um, uh, please, I should have had it. But he was a king, and one day a year he would let any of his subjects come to him and ask him for anything. And so they would come, and they would usually ask for, you know, livestock or, you know, supplies or money or whatever. And on this one particular day of the year, this guy comes up and has the audacity to ask him for this huge mansion. And I wanted to have a huge banquet hall for all of my friends to have huge feasts. And I want all this land. And I want all of it. And he just, he starts reading the grocery list. And you could just imagine the people. This is a true story, by the way. You could just imagine the people standing there going, the nerve of this guy. 
I mean, everybody else just comes in and asks for next month's rent, maybe six months worth of rent, if this is not too much trouble. This guy wants, I mean, he's like, hey, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. And he grants it. He says, here, I'll give it to you. Everybody's going, what? Is this a joke? No. He said, for the first time, I was asked to do something that I, as the king, can only do. This is the first time I actually felt like the king I am. Only I could do that. Anybody else can give whatever these other people are asking for me. It's kind of like, I almost picture God in heaven just waiting at the ready for us to come and ask Him for big things. Red Sea partings. And He's got the whole heavenly host on standby. Here He comes. You guys, get ready. JD's going to pray. Okay, shh. Here's my prayer. Lord, please help me find a parking spot at Costco. (laughs) It's like God's going, okay, do we have have an intern? Get him down. He's a parking spot. Just give him the park. Here I had all of this. I would have just at the asking, at the ready to give him. But he didn't ask me for it. So he just wants a parking spot, I guess. Hey, the person that's parked in that parking spot can give me that parking spot. Why don't I ask God for something that only He can do? Because only God can part the Red Sea. Well, if you'll kindly allow me to, I, I never pass up an opportunity to talk about typology, and such is the case with Moses. In fact, Moses next to Joseph is probably one of the most beautiful portraits painted of the person of Jesus Christ and the finished work on the cross. So I'm going to, in the interest of time, I won't go through all of them, but we do have the PDF file you can download. Uh, I don't know how many there are here, but I'll just go through some of them. How Moses is a type of Christ. Moses is a picture of Jesus as a deliverer. The first one. Moses was saved from death in Egypt as an infant. By the way, I have all the scripture references as well. Just as Jesus was saved by fleeing to Egypt as an infant. By the way, can I just real quick uh, give you the why behind the what? Do you know why it is that Satan has sought to kill God's people from the beginning, starting with Cain and Abel? Because see, the Savior had to come through the the seed of the woman. That's the virgin birth. And Satan is not omnipotent. He's not all-knowing. So he has sought throughout history from the beginning of time to eliminate that seed line. Because if he could succeed, which he would never succeed, if he could succeed in destroying that lineage, he could thwart the coming of the Messiah. The first coming of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus, which he'll do vis-a-vis the Antichrist in the seven-year tribulation. He'll try to destroy the Jewish people. Because it, I know this is going to be a shock, but Jesus was a Jew. Just so you know. Okay. So he starts with Cain and Abel. Fast forward to Pharaoh. Let's try to eliminate, exterminate all of the Hebrews 
So cast the boys into the Nile. Fast forward to the book of Esther. Man, remember that study? Whew, I love that book, man. An antichrist type by the name of Haman, who gets the king to issue an edict to kill all of the Hebrews. And then Esther via Mordechai for such a time as this. They are saved. But he's tried throughout. Fast forward to when Jesus is born. Herod has all of the male Hebrew boys butchered. I mean, I know it's graphic, but that's demonic. And then fast forward to Hitler. What is it about? Haman, Herod, Hitler. They all start with an H, I guess. I don't know. But Hitler, same thing. Because if you can eliminate, exterminate the Jewish people, then Jesus can't come back. Because at the end of the book of Revelation, the Jews will call for him to come. Look upon him whom they pierced. And that's the second coming, when we come with him, 10,000 by his side. Moses became a prince of Egypt. Jesus is the prince of peace. Moses went from being a prince to a pauper. Jesus went from being God to being man, fully God, fully man. Moses was rejected by his people. Jesus was rejected by Israel. Moses fled to the Median wilderness before delivering them. Jesus retired to the wilderness before his public ministry. Moses spent 40 years in the wilderness. Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness. Moses fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Moses delivered Israel from slavery in Egypt. Jesus delivers us from slavery to sin. This one's interesting. Moses delayed his coming down from the mount. Jesus and his followers are mocked for him seemingly delaying his coming. Where is the promise of his coming? Moses gave the law from a mountain. Jesus gave the new law, the new covenant from a mountain. Moses parted the Red Sea. Jesus calmed the Sea of Galilee. With Moses, the people turned back again in their hearts. With Jesus, we're told, many went back and walked with him no more. Moses, lastly, freed them through a lamb whose blood was shed, a lamb without blemish, the Passover lamb, which Jesus fulfills as the Lamb of God and frees us through His own blood as the Lamb, the Lamb, the Passover Lamb. This is why I know God's Word is true. You think man could have come up with this? Come on. I, you know, I've, I've been very open about my own struggles with anxiety and worry and fear. And I am walking in victory. I want you to know that by the grace of God. It's one of those things where it's, you could say of it, it's easier said than done, right? Easier said than done. Because life hits, and life's getting really hard, obviously, right? But if there was ever a time to trust the Lord, that time is now. Things are more difficult now than they ever have been before. 
So that means that we need to trust the Lord like we have never trusted the Lord before. You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn from the book of Hebrews with Pastor J.D., don't discount the things you're hearing. God may be speaking to you individually today through Scripture. We encourage you to keep reading on your own, too, to further understand what you've heard on today's broadcast. If you're not already part of a local church that you call home, we encourage you to find one and attend regularly. This only helps you to grow in your relationship with God and others. If you don't have a church home, come be a part of ours. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions, to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can also access more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates. In addition to that, you may be interested in the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This is a simple guide to understanding the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Hebrews together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know what those prayer requests might be? Just fill out the contact form under the About tab at calvarychapelkaneohe.com or come find us on social media. There are links to our Twitter and Instagram pages on our website calvarychapelkaneohe.com That's all we have time for today but thanks for listening to this edition of In Spirit and Truth.